Well, the fact is that Wikipedia can be edited by anybody. Probably as we speak, there is somebody editing my Wikipedia page to put as negative a slant on it as they possibly Sorry, can. I'll, I'll get off Wikipedia now. Welcome to episode 15 of the Gristle Digest, the only weekly podcast to have retained its ministerial post following successive cabinet reshuffles over the last two prime ministers. Today is the 17th of July, I'm Oripsen Sen and I'm joined as ever by my good friend Paul Moss. How's it going Paul? Sup, sup y'all. It's, uh, it's going. It's going. It's going. It's going. And uh, I shall give you an update when I have one, but it's definitely going. That's excellent. Updates to follow. Um, top stories this week. All right. It's a turkey coup, and I don't mean a wire mesh frame for exercising poultry. Uh, the world held its breath on Friday night as Turkey was briefly overrun by military coups, staged by factions in the military that purported to oppose President Recep Erdogan's brand of political Islamism. Certain sections of the military claimed to have intervened in support of Turkey's famed long-standing secular tradition, which allowed thousands of Brits to flood the country's beaches every year to live in a fantasy world of cheap booze and kebabs. The coup, however, quickly fell apart as all opposing parties and pretty much anyone else with a pen or a microphone denounced the junta, and the army faction leading the coup failed to garner any meaningful public or military support. Turkey is no stranger to military coups, having seen, having seen four such interventions since 1960. On each occasion, the military has intervened to restore Turkey's secularism and democracy, though in practice it would appear that it often in intervenes to show everyone just who the daddy really is. Uh, exactly why the Friday coup took place and who was behind it is still something of a mystery, with all the usual suspects denouncing the attack, uh, including Erdogan's lead suspect, US-based Turkish cleric Fatula Gulen, who also denied any involvement. Now, whether the coup was indeed a call for democratic changes in Turkey is unclear, but what is crystal clear is the completely undemocratic way in which Erdogan's government now proposes to deal with the plotters. <laughs> uh, around 6,000 people have already been arrested, including high-ranking military personnel and over 2,700 uh, 2, judges, uh, which is never a good sign. Uh, in fact, Erdogan has gone so far as to say that the coup was a gift from God as it has given him the opportunity to cleanse his army. Which is, again, slightly uh, sinister <laughs> yeah. uh, language there. Uh, next story. Oh, I'll have a Philip Hammond handle and a Boris Johnson door, please. World wishes there was a new Ikea in Whitehall as May chooses ugly new cabinet. Uh, <laughs> Theresa May sent shockwaves through Westminster last week as she unveiled a new cabinet that was as bewildering a mix of Remainers and Leavers as it was a gallery of anal retentives and shitbags. <laughs> Former Defence Secretary and lover of Cold War nuclear weapons Philip Hammond has been made Chancellor. Amber Rudd has inherited May's own erstwhile poisoned cup as Home Secretary. And in arguably the most controversial appointment, career liar and Japanese child abuser Boris Johnson was made Foreign Secretary. Uh, the majority of the great officers of state have gone to Remainers, uh, but there is a special role for bo former boxing Brexiteer David Davis as Brexit Secretary. Now, the appointments have been bold in their omission as well as their commission, with the hugely welcomed omission of serial knife attacker and puppet from hell, Michael Gove. Uh, <laughs> but May's appointments have not necessarily taken the world by storm. 
most people think it odd that a man who campaigned for Remain now has to clear up the economic mess of Brexit, or that a climate change denier like Andrea Leadsom was appointed as Environment Secretary. Um, but most are aghast at the decision to appoint the country's far- most famous liar, a man who has spent the last year insulting almost every leader in the free world, as our foreign secretary. Needless to say, many in international di- in it- many in international diplomacy view the appointment as quotes an unnecessary problem. <laughs> and uh, final story this week, Paul. Uh, Pokemon Go. No stop. <laughs> no go. Oh no, it's go again. Oh, but mind the dead body, though, kids. Um, the world has gone poker-mental as Pokemon Go has taken the augmented reality world by storm. Uh, just a week ago, barely anyone knew about the smartphone gaming app that combines your phone's camera and GPS for hours of digital pet raising and hunting, all in the actual world around you. Videos of literally thousands of people, most of whom it has to be said were college-age Chinese kids, <laughs> uh, gathering in Central Park in New York uh, to hunt Pokemon, have gone viral around the world, suggesting that our full transition into a Matrix-style uh, reality may be achieved with far more willingness than the Wachowski brothers ever thought imaginable. <laughs> However, already the latest uh, cyber phenomenon has been the victim to a cyber attack. As leading hacking connective uh, Poodle Corp, claimed responsibility (laughs) for sending the servers down today, leaving millions of users unable to find their respective Pokemons, forcing them into doing things that normal adults tend to do instead. Oh, Jesus. I know, it's such a tragedy. It's just uh, horrific. Uh, It is... It is yet to be fully understood what the true impact of these augmented reality games really will be, but one unforeseen impact appears to be the inadvertent disinternment of corpses floating in rivers. As in the first week alone, two dead bodies were uncovered by Pokemon Go hunters looking to find Pokemon <laughs> in much more sought after natural water sources. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> top stories this week. We'll start with Turkey. Um,. Yeah, a bit of a sort of well, it was a, it was a coup, but it was almost it was like a coup. A, it was a it was like a TV event. It just kind of kicked off over a few hours, and then it was yeah, um, it was like a movie it fell apart as quickly as it started. Yeah, really. it was like a good like you know two and a half hours action film. Like, I mean, what appears to happen is it seems like there was yeah a certain faction within the military that thought we've had enough of this. We're having it. We're having it. We are having it. They commandeered, you know, a certain number of troops and even had tanks and things like that and kind of marched on the capital, I think. I wasn't sure if it was Ankara or Istanbul. But, um, yeah, and then kind of, as they were doing so, realised that no one was really on their side. Yeah. And so just sort of gave up. That's got to be kind of killing, isn't it, if you try and do a coup and then just no one steps forward with you. Yeah. That is an awkward situation to be in. That is painful. (laughs) I mean there's a few there's a few other times in history where where things like that have happened. I mean I think the the one that comes to mind most obviously is when it was uh, John Wilkes Booth. Oh uh, Boothy. who who shot Abraham Lincoln. He did. And was part of a sort of conspiracy for, you know, the South to rise again. And I think Mm. he um, there was a a number of other shootings that night of, of people in the US government. And they expected it to, um, you know, provoke a, a massive uprising, and it just totally didn't. <laughs> it just like <laughs> ended up having to sort of hide oh, out man. in like freezing cold marshes for sort of four days until they got oh, captured. That's got which is, that has got to suck. It's got to suck. But um, <laughs> I mean, in, in in Turkey, it's been a bit strange because mm. no one's really sure who's behind it or if yeah. anyone's behind it which is a lot of leading a lot of people to think a, that a there might be saying, some yeah. sort of like a false flag kind of theory that's it a lot of uh, you know yeah Erdogan kind of pulled the, pulled the strings himself and 
has given himself a lot more power for doing so and that's there's it's easy to believe as silly as it sounds it is easy to believe yeah. and particularly it sounds really given his reaction <laughs> his immediate reaction calling yeah. it a gift from god that's uh, not good, is, is, is quite an ominous one and i think also uh, very recently he proposed bringing back the death penalty uh, mm. <laughs> which is <laughs> timing not a, <laughs> not a uh, i just had a feeling i might need it yeah, so I, was, yeah, I just want to keep this one in my pocket you never know where that's going to come in andy it was but, nuts it was crazy like during the 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 furore of a uh, friday night i was sort of following on, on twitter yeah, and uh, the kind of updates of where Erdogan is because he's in a plane and at first he went to Greece and Greece was like we don't want him no <laughs> no <laughs> and then there was a brief report I think it was false that, that he was coming to Britain oh my god yeah, oh, like, welcome to the job Boris welcome to the job welcome to the job <laughs> and also has Erdogan you know read nothing of, yeah. <laughs> of British newspapers in the last few months when it comes that to was Turkey. probably punishment for us because he knows wherever he goes that's you know should that coup have been successful that, that creates a problem yeah I mean it's, you know the sort of Turkish politics has got quite a kind of complicated history and like Erdogan mm. himself is not um, is, is an interesting character in the sense that he is quite um you know, uh, not, not is, is he Islamist? It's hard to say if he's hardline it was Islamist, but he's certainly very conservative in that regard, mm. and has tried to undo a lot of what <laughs> what what was quite secular about Turkey. But it seems like it's had this; it's always had this kind of battle between those sort of forces, you know, like the the kind of secular mm. forces, which are oddly backed up by the military, which is not normal <laughs> in these sorts of environments. Yeah. So it is a strange the, one all round, isn't it? Yeah, versus the more <laughs> kind of right-wing religious forces, which are backed up by the government, who's who, who've had a bit of a bit of a patchy record. So mm. um, yeah, it could be could be troublesome times ahead uh, for Turkey. But um, second story uh, right. this week uh, was um, the cabinet reshuffle. Oh, what a reshuffle! Uh, so yeah, really odd. Um, it's just bizarre. Kind of, bizarre. Yeah, what, it seems what, like Theresa May is trolling people. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, for a start, I suppose um, it's worth noting that out of the twenty-five main kind of posts in the cabinet, uh, only seven have actually gone yeah. to leavers, um, and which... two of those in brand new positions. Yeah, precisely. Brexit <laughs> secretary, yeah, lever minister, or whatever. <laughs> kind of stupid names, but. Um, there's sort of yeah, but there's been some really strange decisions. I mean, Andrea mm. Ledsom as environment secretary yeah. is worrying. Uh, Do you know? So a statement from her. This is this is true. This is uh, transcribed. Her first day on the job as energy minister was. Uh, so is uh, is this whole climate change thing? Is that real? Yeah, I, I like, read that too. That was the like, first Jesus. kind of bit of work she commissioned. Yeah, that was the first question: Is ch- climate change real? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't bode well as well that one of yeah. Theresa May's first actions in government has to get rid of the climate change department. Yeah, just like no, we don't need that. We haven't got that anymore. Mm. Um, we've just got Andrea Leadsom in charge of the environment. <laughs> <laughs> We're fine. Uh, yes. And on top of that, um, Boris Johnson as foreign secretary. Wow. Stunning. That is, that is something <laughs> special, isn't it? That is something wow. special. Wow. I mean, I have... and and you know, Ugh. the world, frankly, has already reacted to that one mm. with a mixture of utter disbelief and you know uh, rolling on the floor with laughter and a, bit it, of a, it, it, a bit of a snicker <laughs> bit of a snicker bit of a snicker i mean it you know obviously um in france he's already been branded as a liar and yep. um, pretty much everyone everyone in europe um regards him as a kind of liar mm. um the americans don't look upon him too favorably since New, he recently well his called, whole he didn't do win any 
friends, did he, when uh, Barack came over last Yeah, time, he called he? him the Park Kenyan US president yeah. <laughs> with an ancestral dislike of the British Empire. Uh, didn't go down Jesus. too well. Uh, and criticised him for removing a bust of Winston Churchill from the Oval Office. Um, slagged off Hillary Clinton, calling her a sadistic nurse in a mental hospital. <laughs> oh, that, gone, that wouldn't have gone down well. Oh, um, so this is Boris on the job. And also, like, in China... Um, mm. He he sort of viewed as a as a celebrity, but a sort of silly a yeah. silly man. And they've actually got a name for him. You know how we call him Bojo. No they've got they've got a name for him, and he's called Baolisi. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's what they called him, Baolisi. And now Baolisi is foreign secretary. Baolisi. Oh, Baolisi. And they're like, are you crazy? Why are you doing? How come Baolisi is foreign secretary? <laughs> they're literally saying that. They think it's a joke. They don't understand it. Oh my god. They think they don't understand why his hair looks like that. Well, do you remember like Beijing 2008 and he came out with uh, Whiff Waff? Exactly. That's what they remember. Oh my God. That's what they remember. And I don't blame them. That's what they remember. Jesus, a fucking character from The Viz has got a really important job now for this country. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So, um, the next next few months are going to be very interesting with all these international negotiations to take care of. And the next few years, you suspect, of the Tories staying government with people like Andrew Leadsom in charge of the environment are going to be very interesting as it's well. It's nuts, it's nuts. But one, you know, one thing that's that's you know has cushioned the blow is the strong voice of opposition that's come from the Labour oh, Party and all of this. Goodness. That's been a joy, isn't it? You know, thank the, goodness, thank goodness they're there. Oh, the fucking Labour Party. Usual. Um, last story oh. this week, Paul. Um, <laughs> Pokemon Go has taken the world by oh, storm. Jesus, have you it's... played it? No. No, but there's uh, there's a guy uh, there's a guy at my work. He's uh, like a kid, and uh, <laughs> he has it on his phone. <laughs> I mean, I've seen loads of people playing it. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I was I, I was out with the kids today at the park. Yeah, um, and yeah, there was people everywhere. Pokemon going. Did they, Did like, you find any dead bodies? Uh, no, no. Oh, I found just should, I found like a foot, like a human foot. Sure, but no, not not the sure. whole body. Not the whole body. Because it seems like that's that's one of the bonuses. That's nuts. Like, how many bodies are there? How many? Like, how many? <laughs> I mean, I admittedly, question, this is it? admittedly these are all in America. Oh, where, well, they're probably where, bloody everywhere, honest, aren't they? Yeah, I bet the rivers are choking with yeah. bodies. You know, just flowing up from all the more, bloody gun more bodies. bloody body than than the river water. at this stage. <laughs> just a massive stew of bodies. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no Pokemon Go. It's gone. It's gone it's mental. Insane. It's kind of. I think the share price of oh um, my god, Nintendo yeah, like fifty percent increase. I think I read. I read it was eighty-seven. Wow, <laughs> that was earlier in the which, week. So that is entirely, entirely um, possible. Go Nintendo. But yeah, go go Nintendo. But it's yeah. really um, yeah. It's been subject to a a, a hacking attack by Poodle Corp. <laughs> Those right? d- dastardly the Poodle Corp. I knew Poodle it was Corp. them. Yeah, oh, the most evil of all. <laughs> They're um, up there with Claw from Inspector Gadget. As with all, you know, international criminals these days, they've got a Twitter page. Of course they um, have, who hasn't? And they're tweeting. So they said that this is just a taster of things to come. Oh, they're going to do something else. Them. Maybe they'll, like, take out, I don't know, Angry Birds or something. Yeah. Something that people love. Fiends. Fiends. Um, swines. But, uh, yeah, so Pokemon Go. Well, look out for it. Look out for people around you. Just, um... Yeah, walking into fucking Walking into stuff. Yeah. Today in history, Paul. 
Oh, yeah. Um, last week was yep. the 10th of July, and you yeah, may remember, well, you won't remember, we've just discussed this. <laughs> I don't <laughs> the remember. The theme was murderously freakish weather. Yes, I do remember. All right. Um, there you go. <laughs> There you go. The three facts. Fact number one was in 1899, lightning struck a lake near Kenosha, Wisconsin, yep, yep. and killed five people. Yeah, yeah, that didn't Sitting in a boat at the time. Fact yep. number two. Uh, in 1924, two pound sized hailstones fell uh, in the town of Rostov in Russia and killed yeah. 23 people working in fields and a number of head of cattle. That never happened. Uh, oh, and the this final the one, one was fact number three. This is the one. This is the one you went for. 95 mile gust, of, 95 mile an hour gusts of wind tore through the city of Birmingham, killing two people, mm. both of whom were blown through shop windows. <laughs> I've been blown through a window. Oh no! <laughs> I can't believe it. I've been blown through and, a window uh, again. <laughs> the answer you went for, you went for number three. Yeah, I did. Uh, which was uh, winds in Birmingham. But unfortunately, the number, oh! number was number two. No, it was two pound sized hells. The one I most fervently called bullshit the m- on. The one you most called out as, as bullshit. <laughs> the, the idea that, yeah. You know, fuck two pound sized, and you know, to be honest with you, it's I, I had a look into this, and it does, you know, massive or giant sized hailstones. I think that's a you know, the terminology is mm. is uh, they're, they're, they're something that fall in Russia quite a lot. Jesus. And the last time it happened is was in um, uh, May 2016, so this year. And um, you know they're pretty, and, and I found a video, and I, I urge you to go and uh, watch this if you're listening to this. Go and, go and have a look out there. Typing giant hailstones and. It's it's terrifying uh, when it happens. I mean, you know, if you just imagine something like in, in this video, they were probably about the size of, um, you know, bigger than cricket balls. Basically, they were, you know, perhaps, you know, a, a slightly fifty percent larger than a cricket ball, and these things are falling from, you know, God knows what height, and they they slam into the ground and almost explode like bombs, and Fuck. it's terrifying. Uh, and so, well, what do you um, do in yeah. that situation? A brolly's no good, you, is it? It's, you are you are absolutely fucked. And uh, oh. I really didn't um, didn't understand how bad it was until I watched the video. So do do check it out because it is, uh, as I say, absolutely terrifying. But that's um, massive hailstones in Russia. So watch out yeah. if it ever starts raining when you're out there. Um, this week's facts, Paul. It's All the right. 17th of July. Yeah, it is. And the theme of this week's facts this. is. Historical figures that are named after events, which are also terms used to refer to sodomy. So, All right, um, <laughs> my specialist subject. <laughs> it's another <laughs> another specialist subject of yours, no doubt. Um, the first fact, fact number one: in 1645, Cullis Cadogan attempted to storm the Houses of Parliament through the back door, yep. earning him the name Cullis Backdoor Cadogan. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, fact number two: uh, In 1842, Lieutenant General Wallace Fernley firm- famously defeated a Russian cavalry unit in a battle at Balaclava, but attacking by attacking the unit up the rear, earning him the name Wallace Up the Rear Fernley. Um, and finally, uh, fact number three: In 1938, Douglas Corrigan uh, attempted to fly the wrong way. Uh, from New York to Dublin, earning him the name Douglas the Wrong Way Corrigan. Um, <laughs> so that's uh, Cullis Backdoor Cadogan, Wallace Up the Rear Fernley, or Douglas Wrong Way Cadu- uh, Corrigan. Uh, Ooh. So which right, one do you think it is, right, mate? right, right. So the first one. Yeah. Uh, was what was the guy's name? Cullis Cadogan. Cullis, and he was Backdoor Carlos Cadogan, no, because I think they had a call him. Uh... Storm. So this, so, yeah, I should probably reiterate. Actually, this the the date I've gone for is the date of the event mm-hmm. to which this, uh, you know, then then you know this this historical figure, mm. <laughs> if you can call it that, 
uh, is then is is later named after. Sam Backdoor Cullis. Now I reckon they'd have called him uh, Portcullis. Portcullis. That's a smart name. I reckon they'd have done that. Uh, the last one was. Uh, what was the last one? That last one was Douglas Corrigan. Douglas Corrigan. Wrong Way Corrigan. The Wrong Way Corrigan tried to fly to America the wrong way. I was trying to find an island. To why, oh, from, from America. From America. Oh, wow. wow Which I suppose that's that. why it's the wrong way in those days. Well, that puts an entirely different spin on things. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think it's that one. I don't think it's the wrong way. So I'm going to go for the middle one, which I believe was uh, Dave. General, up, General Wallace, up General, the rear. Yeah. Yeah, I General reckon it's that Wallace, one. I'm going, I'm going up the up rear, Orup. Wallace up the rear, Fernley. Answers <laughs> next week. All right. The Moss Report. This week's Moss Report is brought to you in conjunction with O'Lafferty's Tinfoil Hats. If you're worried about Murdoch-backed Illuminati force agents controlling your mind, then make sure you're wearing an O'Lafferty, guaranteed to protect you and your loved ones from the brutish, elitist capitalist machine every time. And as a special offer to uh, to you loyal gristlers, log on to www.olafferty-tinfoilhats.com and enter the code GRISTLE1 for a 10% discount. Do it now. Olafferty's. Fantastic. And now, onto the show. Theresa May, in her first week of prime ministering, has been a busy lady. We've seen mass changes to Parliament as the Notting Hill Tory clique was sent packing. And early on, she alleviated any fears that Leave voters might have had about her being a Remainer. And she did this with one bold statement, two serious appointments, and then by finally flopping out her massive Johnson to the ire of sane people everywhere. But I believe, despite the noises being made, Article 50 is no closer to being invoked as England are to entering a major tournament and not making themselves look like complete tits. Firstly, let's have a look at those serious team leave appointments. We've Liam Shitface Fox as Minister for International Trade. Uh, now, as a long-time Tory who's held a series of big jobs for camo, Dr Fox was one of the leading voices for team leave, and he goes into a brand new position for a brand new Britain. Leavers are happy. Then we have the even more serious appointment of David Davis in another brand new job, Secretary of State for leaving the European Union. Davis is another popular politician, uh, and to have a man as respected on the right as Davis heading up a specially created department with the sole purpose of Brexiting, leavers are very, very happy. And then we have the wild card. Alexander Boris de Fethel Johnson as Foreign Secretary, a decision akin to making Oliver Cromwell the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland. And it's here where the cracks begin to appear. But then we have the statement, said with conviction, with purpose, with gritted determination, Brexit means Brexit. And for a brief moment, the Leavers were ecstatic. Until, of course, the realisation struck them that Brexit is a made-up word, and as such, it literally means nothing. Then, this week, Mrs May took a trip to Hollywood to uh, to have tea with Nicola, wasn't she Rabsy Nesbitt's wife, Sturgeon? Um, and May played her trump card, and I, I don't mean she declared to build a wall uh, keeping the Scots out. She played a card that I believe is going to keep Britain in the EU. Theresa May promised that Article 50 would not be triggered 
until it was from a position accepted by all of the UK. So a deal is needed that England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Gibraltar all agree on, as well as, of course, um, as the EU themselves, that party that people keep forgetting about in these trade negotiations. Um, the leave vote, right, was secured thanks to the jingoistic baby boomer vote, right? And as such, the idea of sacrificing Union Jack for Union Jacques is never going to be a popular one. So should this unlikely deal prove impossible, and there's a pretty strong chance it might be, that same patriotism that led to Brexit could well be the same force that prevents it. May has not only avoided civil war here, she saved the Union. And that, with seemingly improved EU conditions brought along, could be a real winner to make this whole situation go away. But what of the free Brexiteers, I hear you ask? Even with the talents of Davis, the shitness of Fox, and the spectacular showmanship of Johnson, the idea that they could put together two new departments and then construct a deal that could placate all parties seems ludicrously far-fetched, even in a big amount of time. And one thing to consider with that is Canada. Now, Canada have just taken seven years to put together an acceptable trade deal with the EU, which still won't be finalised for at least another two years. That's nine years in total. Now, there are some other factors to consider to fully comprehend how big a task a trade deal is to undertake, let alone one with as many ridiculous stipulations as this is going to need. Firstly, Canada has a team of 300 trade negotiators. Britain has... At last count, um, should carry the one zero. We have mm. none. We don't have any. Um, number two, we have a far more complicated relationship with Europe than Canada does. We are we are ingrained and intertwined. This is not going to be an easy divorce. And number three, this took Canada nine years to do. Canada, the Ned Flanders of countries, took nine years <laughs> to do this deal. <laughs> Jesus Christ! There's no way we're going to be doing it quicker than Canada. Let's be honest. Um, So it's not going to be long until the sheer scale of the task to complete a Brexit that doesn't fuck us all over completely seems like a much bigger pain in the arse than is ever actually worth it, and especially within the context of a 52% winning non-binding referendum. Add that to the general political lethargy of this fine nation, painted against the backdrop of the leading leavers giving it their all but yet coming up short. I have a pretty strong feeling this whole situation is going to be spun away. And Theresa May will not only avoid Brexit, she will do so without getting her hands dirty at all. She will remain untainted. The diabolical genius bitch. (laughs) And those are my thoughts on why Brexit ain't happening, y'all. Well, I know, right? Bold. Bold political theory put forward there. Yeah, no, so well, that's quite, yeah, very bold words, Mr. Very Moss. Very bold. He's called it here, Gristle Digesters. Yeah. Mr. Moss uh, has called it, he doesn't think Brexit is going to happen. So, well, that's mm-hmm. quite, I mean, I've not, I, I mean, I, I I think I saw the um, angle that Nicholas, uh, was it Sturgeon was trying to get at as well, that, you know, Scot- Scotland need to be con- uh, give consent to yeah. to their arrangement, and, and that was essentially building on what, on what May has said, but... Um, mm. Yeah, it does make you wonder uh, (laughs) if it's just going to sort of die away. um... And you just think it's not like it's not like the world's not a busy place at the moment. Yeah, I mean, like even something as huge as as Brexit in the the wake of recent events. And by recent events, I mean something has probably two things have happened by the time you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, and and we're saying these words. This is exactly what happened last week, right? This is just the world we live in. It's true. I mean. 
the more that goes on, you know, the, the the less important Brexit is going to be. Yeah. And I do just generally think due to, to political lethargy, I mean, people only really cared about it in the last couple of weeks. And by people, I mean the population the, the most the people care about politics, country. like most people. I sort of started to get the impression that it's going to be unlikely that yeah. it will go... Th- if anything does happen, Brexity, you know? Mm. Like, it's going to be unlikely that it would go through without it there being some kind of vote or something. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Whether it's vote in Parliament or whether it's a a vote to the people. I, I, I can't imagine that... Like, I, I suspect that there is still chapters yet to be written in this particular oh god um, this yeah this tale has got tale but um, i've got a few turns to go for sure so yeah. i may be putting my cards on the table a little bit early there but ready. <laughs> get down the boogies lads get down get the boogies <laughs> And if you're just joining us, it's morning on day four of the test match between England and Pakistan here at the home of Cricket Lords. Oh, what a wonderful day it is, Fred. Oh, indeed, Henry. The sky is a brilliant, shimmering blue. The sun has illuminated the ground like an ethereal stage, and women are sitting happily in low-cut blouses and short dresses, dangerously revealing, naughtily tantalising, gently bronzing their supple breasts in the beautiful British summertime. Indeed, and it's works into bell. Oh, and a lovely delivery there. Angling into the batsman like a laser-guided missile, honing in on a Syrian village with deft precision. And into the wicket-keeper's hands, good over so far, just one run from it. Very good over so far. Walk's lines have been impeccably accurate. He has been hitting his lengths with the timing and rhythm of a Victorian military drummer. Time and time again, working away, running in with legs like pumping pistons, his arms and back taut and flexing like those of a sexual Adonis, ready to take his Venus and ravage her throughout the night. And it's works in again. Oh, and that's defended stoutly mid-off. The batsman trying to play a straighter bat than David Cameron at a Berlusconi Bunga Bunga party. Oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that oh, lovely? lovely? Isn't that lovely? The big screen oh. has just flashed up an image of an obese boy in the crowd shaking his fat little face with glee as he watches with his equally obese family. Isn't that lovely, Fred? Indeed it is, Henry. A family of plump rose-blushed and sun-kissed fatties, their breasts and thighs gently turning golden like the wings of a roasting bird crisping up in the oven on a Sunday next to a tray of lard-covered potatoes and gently seasoned parsnips. There's a change of bowler now and it's Stuart Broad taking the ball at the pavilion end and you see there he's gently rubbing his crotch with the ball and now without the ball as he turns away from his captain he stops as he turns to walk back to his mark. Beautifully done. Absolutely beautifully done. Well, he's the best in the game. A virtuoso at the crotch rub. The clandestine self-manhandle. Integrates a quick grab. So effortlessly. Wonderful technique. And the TV coverage is just showing a slow motion replay. And you are absolutely right. You can really see his wonderful technique there. Taking the wall from his skipper. Maintaining eye oh, contact. Yeah. And there oh, he is. Yeah. The crotch yeah. rub with the ball, and he turns away, and there it is again. It's the freehand oh, grab of that's, the crotch. Wonderful. That is world class. 
That's what years of practice will do for you. When an art form is passed down from generation to generation, from man to boy, from leader to pupil, from coach to youngster, it's it's great to see. It's top stuff. And here he is to Bell. Ooh, and that's past the bash. That's been looking completely at sea there, like a priest holding a camera at an orgy. Well, it's a good ball, like a five-ounce sperm-filled red testicle flying through the air, exuding the virility of a 25-year-old Saracan rapist. Oh, isn't that lovely? Oh, wonderful, isn't that lovely? The big screen there just shows an image of an attractive young woman rubbing some suntan lotion onto her partly exposed breasts, completely unaware that thousands of semi-erect men are now gawping at her. Isn't that wonderful, Fred? It's, uh... It's what the wonderful game is all about, Henry. <laughs> Little mini, mini new section this week, Paul. Well, a game for you. It's uh, it's new cabinet bingo. Oh, yeah. Go on, I'm game. Um, I'm game. Now I'm sp- I'm sure you have your special ingo- uh, special issue, uh, gristle cabinet bingo card in front of you, Paul. Do you know what? I had a feeling. Um, I just had a feeling when I left the house good. to uh, to come to my to my to my house where I record this that I might just need. A cabinet member bingo card. So well, yeah, I do go. have it. There I you do go. have it. Um, so yeah. I've just uh, I've just put my Tory balls into my bowl and I'll uh, give them a quick shuffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first ball I'm pulling out is one unknown lady, Liz Truss. It's Justice Secretary Liz Truss, and uh, she okay. campaigned to remain. Uh, she generally votes with her government against, uh, but has voted against hereditary peers, and notably once received a donation from former Chelsea shirt wearing pervert David Meller. Of two thousand wow. pounds, so God only knows uh, what she had to do for that. Um, mm. uh, did you get that one, Paul? Did you get that one? You, you did get that one. Good That's stuff. On Sweet. It's on your card. Sweet. Next ball. Just give it a little shuffle there. Caress those balls nice and Ooh. gently. Yeah. And here it is. Next one out. It's one ball, Dick. Transport Secretary Chris Grayling, um, who campaigned for leave and voted strongly yeah. in favour of the Iraq War and for renewing Trident. Uh, and also was one of Gove's first bed buddies uh, in the Leave campaign. Mm. Uh, so God only knows what he had to do there as well. Um, <laughs> and uh, another one, another one. You got that? Did you get that? I did. That yeah, way, yeah. Mate? I'm two, two for two so far. Sweet. Uh, if you get this last one, Paul, that should be a row for you, mate. This yeah. Third one, as you can call bingo. Um, so last one for tonight. Uh, it's uh, and I clasp uh, this one toler- uh, Tory ball and I raise it to my uh, eyes. It's Dirty Gertie, International Trade Secretary Liam Fox. Um, who campaigned for Lee, voted for the Iraq War and against gay marriage, uh, despite famously housing a close personal friend, 17 years his junior, named Adam Wedderty, rent-free in his London flat uh, a number of years ago. Uh, so much so his questionable relationship with the even more questionable Adam Wedderty led to his resignation as Defence Secretary in 2011. So uh, that's Liam, uh, Liam Fox. So did you get um, bingo, Paul? That is bingo for me right there. Bingo. That is bingo for me. You and, got all uh, of them. Um, I'm really glad, actually. I went to, uh, I went to play this. Uh, I'm going to play this game the other day and uh, I got I got none of them and then I got I got thrown out I got thrown out well, there bingo. you go uh, turned out I was playing bingo oh no <laughs> satire oh, no. there you go satire twice so that's bingo Come for on. you I bet it doesn't feel like a win uh, but it is still bingo <laughs> sub it at a slam pole time to get down four headlines one slam. See what you got. Last week. Aight. Aight. You slammed my ass. Uh-huh. You're all up in my ass. Yo, I was slamming a jam and laying so, it down. Uh that's what happened. 
Uh, this week, we'll see what happens. Should I give you the first one, Paul? Let's do this. Let's do this. Kids give an extra week of holiday to reduce truancy fines. <laughs> teachers still complain they don't have enough holiday. Yeah. True. <laughs> totally yeah, true. I'm sorry, teachers, but that is true. All right, you get like 900 weeks a year. And Grow probably up. that they were the lead uh, people behind that initiative. Yeah, <laughs> I bet they were. <laughs> they were. Right, one for you. Mummy, what's a shithead? Oh my god. <laughs> That's a genuine headline. <laughs> um, poll shows that most commonly asked question by five year olds when walking past a poster of Boris Johnson is not a surprise <laughs> at all. <laughs> I think I did see that in a poll somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, next one for you. Uh, Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry reveal the secrets of the Great British Bake Off success. <laughs> Uh, Hollywood gets deep in Barry's buns. <laughs> oh yeah, there is an uncanny sexual tension between the two of them, though. There is. It's there electric. Is. is it? And I don't Damn. even think it's unrequited. <laughs> I, think I don't. It's yeah. Fully I don't realized. think it's even a, a will they, won't they? It's no. uh, how many times have they done it, and did it get freaky? Did it? The answer to those questions are many and yes. Exactly. Right. Uh, welcome to Nude Fest. Uh, Boris Johnson. Hosts dinner party at Michael Gove's house. <laughs> Welcome um, to Nude Fest. <laughs> I have Nude Fest. Yes, it's in the back room. Jeeves, take him. Um, next one for you. Wedding guest stands up to haters who bully her for her wedding dress. <laughs> I don't know why I chose that one. I just thought he's gack. I like it. I like it. Um, Elton John's second wedding ends in disaster. Oh, <laughs> he just seems like a bit of a prima donna. Not getting it's at the game. Interesting, gaze. you've mentioned him. Actually, he features Ooh. in one of my headlines. Wow, <laughs> in my last one for you. But so I give you time to speak. Nice. <laughs> right, uh, third one for you. Horny mums want to tumble with CBB star. Oh my god. Who is this CBB star? They mean Mr. Tumble. Oh, Mr. Tumble. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, my headline would have been Andy Peters makes surprising re- revival amongst <laughs> mums. That's definitely true because that is. I bet they all wanted to rumble Andy Peters. Well, yeah, it's forbidden fruit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> forbidden fruit of Andrew Peters. Andrew Peters. <laughs> Final uh, headline for you, Paul. Um, Let's do this. So are Sir Elton John. <laughs> Fine, funny enough. Loses beard to gag press over sexual harassment claim. <laughs> Sock it to the rocket man <laughs> Sock it to the rocket man <laughs> Nice Right <clears throat> The boy declared a racist Aged free <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> Nigel Farage's Illegitimate grandchild <laughs> Is the biggest cunt In his nursery <laughs> 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 a little Farage baby. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh that's tired of immigrants coming over taking his nap time. <laughs> yeah. So that's this week's suburb to slam and I think the points read uh you did really quite well on 246,000 but I think I actually pulled away on 329,000 this week oh, so that's a win shit. for me. I'd like to argue, but I've got it scored exactly the same. Exactly that. I think by all objective measures, yeah. those would be the yeah, scores. That's the one. Um, I've got another. I concede. Um, another little mini section. I don't know if you want to cut. Ooh. We can add a jingle or whatever. But ridiculous sex tape of the week again, Paul. All um, right. Another one for you. 
Um, Cosmopolitan again this time, Paul, in America. Oh, nice. And uh, their, their sixth tip this week, which was ridiculous, it is draw an attention. It's for women, by the way. Yes, <laughs> 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 you haven't guessed. Uh, I'll be draw, the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> draw an att- well, yeah, you, well, yeah. Okay, we'll see. Draw an attention grabbing circle around your nipples using rhinestones and body glue for a special night in. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're quite frankly sexist. It's I've, quite, uh... yeah, that, folks, you're absolutely right. Damn right. Damn sexist, right. And I apologise. Like a rhinestone nipple. Nipple. Get, uh, for, get and, down with that. That's the night in. That's not even the sex, it seems. It seems that's the. Yeah. Well, I think event. that's just a nice arts and crafts just project that a couple in. can get involved with. And then you go into work the next day and people are yeah. like, is that something underneath that's... your shirt? And you're like, no, it's just, no. Oh, oh, what, do you mean my extraordinarily my... decorated nipple? Yes, Nigel, my... that <laughs> is something my under my shirt. <laughs> now circle. fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the oh, sex tip of the week. I'm giving it a go. Um, and also, just to build on, you know, new cabinet bingo and the general... Oh, new yeah. cabinet vibe mm. that's been going around. It, it, like it wouldn't it. be a an event in conservative politics without some kind of award ceremony that's in true. classic sort of after dinner true. speech, self aggrandizing yes, Tory yes. style. Yes. <laughs> 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 My dad Great. enjoyed So here's some new cabinet awards, Paul. Fantastic, about time. Um, first award, most likely to know a Duke award, um, mm. goes to Amber Rudd. Um, who was employed by Richard Curtis this is true as an aristocratic coordinator on the film Four Weddings and a Funeral as ostensibly she knew a lot of earls and dukes wowzers there you have it and to be fair that is given that field that was a tough one to win steep competition yeah exactly but bloody ruddy (laughs) bloody ruddy no ruddy well done absolutely (laughs) ruddy well done Next award, uh, the most Theresa May style appointment award. Oh yes, um, is goes to Karen Bradley, who uh, Karen Bradley, whose past life as a chartered accountant and has no arts related experience to speak of, and who reports to enjoy X Factor, makes her new role as culture secretary a hugely Theresa May style appointment. I think you'd agree. Yeah, yes, yes, it's a, a radical decision. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> we love ourselves. Oh, we've we got do. Uh, <laughs> and final award this week is most yes. likely to hear shouts of cunt award. Yeah, and I this think is I'm going to be no surprise. Goes to Jeremy Hunt, um, who oh, was already off. one of the most pop- uh, unpopular members in the previous cabinet and had the rare honour of being called a cunt, actually, on live television uh, on Sky News and somehow managed to retain his role as health secretary, meaning it's very likely he'll be hit by the C-bomb again soon. So yes, those are the yes. uh, awards um, that yeah. I've dished out this week. I can't argue with those either. It was a strong field yeah, it was. in every in every avenue there. I mean, that, there, was, there wasn't an easy one there. So well done to the winners, really. Well, well done. done. Well, well done to done. all of you. Especially um, the cunt Jeremy Hunt. So. Exactly. And he's, um, he's for it now. But... Mm. Um, one final little um, thing for you this week, Paul. Go on then. Um, to, in, in this feature section of the gristle, the back end, as it were. Um, last week, I had a little uh, control F look at newspapers. You did. To gauge, um, you know, the mood of the public, the zeitgeist, if you will. Mm. Uh, this week, uh, mm. now for another feature this week to gauge the public's mood, I've decided to review uh, the most read stories, yeah on one of our na- glorious nation's regional news websites. Ooh. So I've just started to pick a, I'll pick a region at random, and I'll do this uh, in coming uh, weeks to come as well. I've just picked, nice. picked a region at random, and I've gone onto one of their new regional news websites. And Wonderful. this week, I've gone to Kent. 
um, which I think uh, voted quite strongly to leave in the last um, uh, yes. referendum. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Racist, if, can't we call it? Exactly. And if everyone, <laughs> anyone was ever in doubt that Little Englanders have a slightly fet- have a slight fetish for other people's misery in a way that keeps <laughs> the Daily Mail uh, staff duly employed, uh, check out the most read stories on again uh, Ken online today, uh, and they are as follows. And the first, the top one is. M20 closed after man threatens to jump from bridge. Um, number two was body found at foot of cliffs in search for missing man. Search for missing Pokemon. Exactly. Third one. Uh, angler rushed to hospital after wounding by stingray. Fuck. <laughs> and, um, and the last two. Uh, well, actually, a f- the last two are sort of um, also mostly read. Uh, suspected double stabbing at mental health centre. <laughs> And biker lucky to be alive after Land Rover horror crash. Um, And then there's three in a sort of lesser red category. Crash at busy roundabout. Road reopens after crash. Delays clear after lorry sheds brick load. So it seems the people in Kent. um, Fuck. Just shed a brick load here in those stories. I know. Jesus, there are a lot of stuff seems to happen on the roads in Kent. It seems. Cheer up, Kent. Yeah. And and sort your roads out for fuck's sake. Yeah, Jesus. Killing people on the roads. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, that's the feature section this week, Paul, and that's and that's this week's gristle. Um, oh. Thanks oh, everyone I'm, for listening. I'm gonna miss this week's gristle. I'm gonna miss it too. Yeah, I'm gonna miss but don't one. worry, don't worry at all. It's out next week. It's out Yay. next Tuesday, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Gristle Digest. Do you that. Can, do uh, that. Subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, please do mm-hmm. that. Subscribe to us on ah, Stitcher really Radio. Easy. It's really easy. Uh, to check us out on YouTube. I've been a bit lax on YouTube, but I'll try and get some more content up there this week. And uh, uh, as usual, on SoundCloud.com the, uh, slash the hyphen gristle hyphen digest. Follow us on there and email us as well if you want. Do that. Do uh, digest at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Thanks very much. Catch you next week. Sit down.